Welcome to Hills I Die On, a podcast where I, Taylor Cox, invite guests to discuss and debate unpopular opinions they're so passionate about, they'd be willing to die on a hill over it. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of Hills I Die On. Today, I'm here with a very exciting guest. He is a hilarious writer-comedian who's written for shows like New Girl and Kroll Show and Abby's and Single Parents. You might recognize him from his hysterical Twitter presence or his life-changing role as Doug Forsett in The Good Place. He's wonderful and talented and so dang funny. Please welcome to the podcast, Noah Garfinkel. Thank you. I already appreciate you inflating my portrayal of Doug Forsett as a role. <laughs> when <laughs> I mean, you you know it was like kind of a big deal for me when we started Abby's when I I couldn't figure out what I knew you from mm-hmm. and when I realized it I like called my mom immediately and was like Doug Forsett's in the writer's room <laughs> she was like oh my god I was like from the good place the guy you are one of very few people who has ever been excited yeah, about, well, about it, that <laughs> or maybe you just you know you haven't found your people yet it's because we're not approaching you we're all calling our moms wait there is someone who has DM me on Twitter twice who I haven't responded to who has been asking me for a poster and it's like I don't have a poster of my but, but now I feel like you might need one with like a nice framed Doug Forrest just like right there. I There's some wall space. Nothing would be more upsetting to me than having that picture in my own home. <laughs> I know it's like your head's a little inflated. It's I'm like wearing a-, a sweater that triggers every OCD shiver in my body as oh, no. far as clothing goes. <laughs> like brown and a V-neck and oh. with like a collar and like this itchy knit. So every day you come home and you're just like reminded. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's hilarious. I also remember you saying that it was like everything you wish you hope you don't look like. Yeah, it's a it's a picture of what I'm afraid I look yeah, like. Yeah, so you don't. Yeah, no, yeah. it was it's a very manipulated photo. So it's you not, don't have anything. Not right enough that. for comfort for me. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, regardless of that, I'm very happy to have you here today. Even though your hill is probably one of the more upsetting hills that I've heard Mm -hmm. today, would you like to tell us what that hill is? The hill that I will die on is that uh, novels are not good. (laughs) This is like insane. It's not insane. First of all, when was the last time you read a novel? Recently. Really? Yes. What was it about? We discussed this. I, I I read frequently. Books about stuff that never happened. Yeah, I pref- mm. I prefer fiction to nonfiction. Oh, I know. God, you're a writer, not of novels. I right. would, ne- and I, but of fiction. I don't have a great argument for why I don't mind fiction portrayed on screen, sure. and that I do <laughs> when it's portrayed in print. Although I don't have a problem with short fiction. Oh, interesting. I mean, I don't love it, but okay, I don't... Okay, well, yeah, before we get into it, we good. should probably specify, like, what type of novel hater are you? Like, are you, like, of the Marie Kondo type where we can all have, like, three? Or, like, is this where you revealed to me you're, like, some Puritan oh, like, no, book no. burner? Oh, no, no, I think you can have as many novels as you want, but you should know they're not good. <laughs> okay, so it's not the tangible <laughs> book itself. No, 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 it's, no. It's, first of all... You can have physical... Physical books are fine. Okay. You should have a dictionary. I guess you don't really need a dictionary anymore <laughs> yeah. because of... Um, yeah, the Google. The, uh, the Google built into our phones. Mm-hmm. But physical books, I think, are very pleasant. I have a, like, here is a, we are in my home right now. There is a shelf of physical books. Okay. Almost all nonfiction with yeah. the exception of my friend Max told me about a book. Oh, I can't. I know it has an orange <laughs> Did you cover. curate this before I came over? No. <laughs> all nonfiction presented oh, there it perfectly. Is. The Power of the Dog by Don Winslow. I read like three pages and I was like, I cannot. <laughs> do this that's so bananas and all the rest of those are 
Oh, no, there's a Dr. Seuss book because it was my favorite book as a kid. That is fiction, but it rhymes. So, you can, okay. If you make your, if if you your, make novels, your fiction rhyme. If your novels are in verse. Yeah, but also a book full of Shakespeare also, that's bad. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, like, you did take a pretty hard fall off a bird scooter last week. <laughs> yeah, I did. I fell is off a bird scooter. a new idea, or have you always hated fiction I novels? I have always hated fiction There have been very few novels I've ever read that I liked. The last full novel I read voluntarily was called The Other Shulman. It was written by Alan Zweibel, a 70s SNL writer. And I was very engaged. And then the ending sucked. And I was so mad. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I feel like even in the genre of comedy novels, like, Mm -hmm. are you like a Simon Rich fan? Like, there's there's so many books that aren't just like heavy hitting like great American literature Mm -hmm. that are still good books. I think there are some short stories by Simon Rich that I I enjoy a lot, but I would never, I can't imagine who would have to write a novel for me to read it. That's so wild. Okay. So then let's get into it. Okay, Okay. So presumably your problem with the content of novels is not that it's like, you know, causing heresy or like exposing our brains to anything. Like any time in a novel, they're like describing like a fence. I'm like, who gives a shit that fence wasn't there? Like I kind of understand when they're. So you don't like world building or like painting a picture. If you're describing a road, I am. Out. I'm way out. A road, specifically. A, a road. Well, I remember, I think in Tuck Everlasting, there's like three pages about a road. Hilarious. And you can't do that. Even if that was nonfiction, it cannot be important about what that road is. And if you're trying to foreshadow something, you should die. You should die. <laughs> okay, but like that type of description is what like allows your imagination to be put to work, which is like half no, of what... Yes, exactly. Novels are constantly putting you to work. Which is actually proven to be good for you. No, if I want to yes. be... I'll do a crossword puzzle. I will do my own work that gets completed. Sure, crossword puzzles are also great and they have a place in time and they uh-huh. possibly improve brain functions. But reading a novel, I just read this article that it enhances brain connectivity, it improves brain functions, and most importantly, it improves the reader's ability to put themselves in another person's shoes. Something that a crossword puzzle cannot do. That sounds exactly like something that someone who likes novels would write uh, <laughs> that doesn't feel supported Psychology by... Psychology today, baby. Ugh, no, I'm out... <laughs> You know what? I would read that article about, <laughs> about the book. About the book. So when you're reading a book, you have no interest in like escapism or giving your mind a break and going somewhere new for an afternoon. I do not find novels a good way to do that because there is so much work involved in reading them. I do not find reading naturally relaxing on its own. But you read nonfiction. Yes, but also that has an element of work to it where it's like, when I'm done with this, I will know more about a thing that is real. Okay, so another argument is that nonfiction actually helps in terms of learning history, whereas yes. fiction does not. Okay, another counterpoint. Mm-hmm. And another Psychology Today article. <laughs> You're on from about two articles today. <laughs> I read a study that said, unlike nonfiction, you can learn more about history from fiction because oftentimes historically driven works like biographies, for example, are only written because the people that they're highlighting are exceptional and they don't necessarily represent the time period. No, this is... So fiction... This feels like what Trump would argue if he did read he novels. He doesn't read. There's I know he doesn't no read argument, anything. Yes. But if he did read novels, he'd be like, they're better because uh, they give you even more information than real but things. But wouldn't you agree that like when you read fiction, especially... Okay, 
so how about this? If we can come to a middle ground of like historical fiction where it's a medium that allows you to get into somebody else's head and really understand the time period or the mundane happenings of everyday people and really get a greater sense to what the history was like outside of just the spectacular person that a biography is highlighting. I I agree that that would be better, but that would be better because it's closer to nonfiction. Like you're getting... Okay. Closer to a thing that is good, but it is still not okay, good. Okay, so when you're reading nonfiction, what do you gravitate toward most? History or science. Like Wh- what space specifically? Stuff. Well, before we all knew Neil deGrasse Tyson was bad, I would yeah. read <laughs> books by him. Okay. I guess now we're stuck with uh, Brian Greene, not Brian Austin Green. Right, two different people. Yeah, the astrophysicist <laughs> yes. Brian Greene. One time I talked to a real astrophysicist who thinks that Neil deGrasse Tyson and Brian Greene are clowns, but <laughs> they're the only ones writing anything about the subject that I can understand. So that's they're like pop here. physicists. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like there's a lot of that in psychology, too, where people are like, oh, they're just, you know, they have a following and mm-hmm. they're not doing the work. No, they're kind of they're probably the Dr. Oz of right. astrophysics. <laughs> right. But that's all I can handle. And it's yeah, because they they put it all in layman's terms. They make it accessible. Yes. And so it's easy for us to no. also. So the astrophysicist who told me that his name was Aristotle Socrates. <laughs> so he had to go into this. Or yeah, did he change he, his name? I did ask him that he did not. That, that was that what he was his born his name. name. I don't know if I believe him. Interesting. Or his parents are in the same field. He was born into that field and they just like raised yeah, and I think they might have an astrophysicist. That. He was working at the it's in Princeton but not Princeton where Einstein was the Institute for Advanced Study, I yeah. think it is. It's a very beautiful campus. It sounds fantastic. I listened in on a lecture that I thought I had read enough to maybe understand something, and I did not. Yeah, nothing. Understand it's it's a, a, it's a challenging thing. field. Okay, look, I'm going to be honest. I was asking you that last question because I, it was a leading question mm-hmm. because I know that another thing you like to consume is content about World War II. Oh, yeah. If you're looking to consume content about World War II, then I have to know are you a fan of Harry Potter? No, and I'm already like I don't understand the connection there. And I feel at like its the core, connection is going to be so upsetting. Books, like an allegorical epic no. that like has World War II elements. It does throughout the entire series. You know J. what else King had Rowling. World War II elements? World War II, and you True. can just read. However, about it. you can, and you can read, and I think it's important to do both. I think it's important to understand. <laughs> I think it's super important to read the history and understand what actually happened. But in order to I- increase empathy, which it has just been proven in the brain that fiction does, reading things that have a parallel to other mm-hmm. history allows you to understand it more. So like J.K. Rowling draws like enormous parallels to Nazi Germany. I, the ideas of purity, ethnic cleansing, like dangers of bigotry. What, what if I had a surprise survivor in my closet to come out <laughs> And tell me to fuck myself because Harry Potter is nothing. <laughs> I would cancel today. I would cancel this podcast. I would throw away all the equipment. Also, then like forever, you'd have to be like, do, did you know Noah has like a, a surprise? <laughs> he keeps ho- one in his closet. That would be closet. the real issue. <laughs> he's comfortable in there. He's, no, he's not. He's, he blinked. I told him to bl- ask him to blink twice if he was safe. He blinked so many times. He's very old and blinking is not as easy for him as it once was. Do you hate Harry Potter? I've seen like two Harry Potter movies. I don't know which ones they were and I did not. I couldn't really you didn't. do it. Did you read like Lord of the Rings? Did you read no, any? No. You haven't read any 
like crowd favorite easily you know part of the i've listened to the audio book for like the first hundred pages of game of thrones okay yeah i just read the first game of thrones and i was like you know what i like the show better and then the the guy doing the narration on audiobook is uh, i'm not yeah into so it. I, audiobooks are tough i i do enjoy audiobooks i don't think it's the same as reading i think because it's a passive experience mm-hmm. so i prefer to actively like i feel better when i'm actively reading See, that's book. what i i feel like that's my problem with reading is the activeness of it where i want just input it directly into my sure brain. but that doesn't mean novels are bad that means you're lazy <laughs> yeah but novels are bad because they're not easy what <laughs> there's so much work it's so much work. But oftentimes things that require work have the ultimate benefit. I mean, you're in a career where that's the case. No, but I'm making things that are easy for people to take. It's very hard to make them. Right. It's hard to make them. I guess I would say writing a novel is a virtuous undertaking, but your end product is garbage and you wasted <laughs> a lot of time on it. That is so upsetting <laughs> it's like truly so crazy you can't think of like one novel that you've read where you're like you're right this is good you didn't read any novels in school growing up like you never read, read catch 22 or catcher in the rye or like any i've of read those. part of a lot of novels that i was supposed to read in school and then never finished a single one i Brave think new I, world like i'm trying to think of no, all the I classics fin- that i were think like... there were some novellas i got through italo okay. calvino yeah. i finished like the short little <laughs> great i little mean ones. and those have a time and place as well i mean their fantasy is like a large part of brain development you get you get a 60 page maximum if I'm reading about Jesus. something that didn't happen. <sighs> That's so the per- upsetting. The Pearl isn't that long by Steinbeck. That book sucks so much. <laughs> Steinbeck sucks. Faulkner sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hem- just Hemingway, Hemingway sucks and hated women. Yeah, Hemingway, not a good guy, but Movable Feast. Uh, I mean, I guess, it, you know. Don't know what that is. Kurt Vonnegut. The most palatable. I was gonna say he writes so much about got. like World War Two and yeah he he. But writes a at lot the about... end of the day, he could have just done some research about something interesting and told me about it. But if at the end of a good book you feel like you understand a different idea or you understand like another person's way of thinking, like if if a well, fiction novel you don't is the understand only thing... another person's way of thinking, you understand a fake person's way of thinking. But that oftentimes is a window into how a lot of other people think. No, it's a window into exactly how one person thinks, and that's the person who wrote the book. So you don't think a single person can represent a mindset? I think they can try. Did you read Hillbilly Elegy? That's not that's not. No, that I did not. It's nonfiction. Yeah, but I did not. Oh, okay. When I took my tone, I did not realize yes. it was nonfiction. <laughs> I was like, that was really aggressive. It's it's nonfiction, and it actually just like discusses some of these ideas. The idea of empathy I've, and understanding other people and getting in their shoes and being able to communicate with each other better because of our ability. I to might ha- be wrong about this because I've only heard about hillbilly yes. elegy, but. From what I understand, there is an evolving understanding of hillbilly elegy that is not as forgiving as it once was. Oh, interesting. And I have not read hillbilly elegy or any complete thing about it. Sure. But the best I can tell from Twitter and things that I have read that (laughs) have briefly mentioned it, I think the position some people are holding now is that hillbilly elegy represents the same problem as does like cable news constantly interviewing Trump supporters as if the most yes. in, like meaningful thing to understand right now is how 
people voted for Trump and to empathize with those people. Totally. And, and, I, and I actually listened to a significantly better podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was an Invisibilia episode about empathy and how empathy was a huge part of like the 60s and 70s. A lot of people argued that being able to empathize with one another is how we would be able to come together better and how our understanding of empathy has evolved a lot. And now there is an argument that like we don't need to be empathizing. We need to be because it humanizes monsters. Mm-hmm. We need to be calling out what they're doing wrong and moving forward and trying to propel change in that way. That being said, I personally don't believe you can have meaningful change unless you can communicate with people who aren't just Mm like-minded and find a way to move forward together, right? Yeah, probably. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, it might be a hopeful perspective, but like, like I feel like disregarding empathy altogether is just a very bad idea. Oh, sure. All it's going to do is polarize. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, good. (laughs) (laughs) Glad, Glad you think that. But back to novels. You've commented that you don't like the description. When they're talking about how the smoke from a cigarette curls like in Rabbit Rum by John Updike, it's like, get the fuck out of here john you so say you don't like specificity no oh, that's so bizarre to me as a writer especially as a comedy writer like specificity is kind of king right but only because it makes things funnier sure <laughs> i don't like it when specificity is used to just be like this is how this guy smoked a cigarette got it but you think adding a cigarette to somebody's hands in television adds to a character it explains sure but in the cost benefit of analysis the amount of time that takes the consumer to absorb is a split second whereas in a book you're making me read a half a page about this cigarette (laughs) sure and that's valuable time my time isn't that valuable because i am an unmarried (laughs) person with no kids or pets but generally people's time is valuable got it I hate that argument. I think I think it only breeds laziness, quite frankly. Also, another problem I had while reading this, which was a personal problem, was the more you go down the rabbit hole about are novels good or bad for you, especially in terms of like psychology, a lot that comes up is like TV is so bad for you. Oh, I'm and not arguing that they're bad for you. Yeah. I'm arguing that they're bad. I, yes, I, I now understand that. You're not taking the team. I'm saying they're not quality entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> It's just crazy. (laughs) Even though there are so many elements that could be beneficial, they help with memory. So does exercise. I don't want to do that either. Just because you don't want to do it doesn't mean it's bad. With the other hill that you argue is that exercise is bad? No, I'm not arguing that they are bad for you. I'm arguing that they are not, novels are not fun to read. (sighs) When they are meant to be. Right. Well, they're, well, some are meant to be enjoyable. Some are meant to teach. Not all of them are like sheer escapism or they would mm-hmm. all be like erotic. I, but I think that's cr- <laughs> like if you're not going for sheer escapism. But television isn't oftentimes doing that. Is everything you consume sheer escapism? Yeah. Except for documentaries, <laughs> I was which like, that's are not the true. nonfiction of TV. Yeah, okay. So true. <laughs> <laughs> So, so true. It was a little upsetting to me when I was reading and it was like one problem with watching TV is that it reduces empathy and our ability to understand others have different beliefs or desires and intentions outside of our own. What is there? I was a little upset. Where does that data come from? That data came from a study in Emory Uh Science Mag. (laughs) Look, are you going to fact check me? (laughs) 
No. Go I look up my go look go look up my sources. I will say I actually disagree with that one. It was a study from 2014 that that came out on. I do think that TV can actually increase empathy in a lot of ways. I think that we learned that with like Will and Grace by like. I think that's written by someone who who is just one of those who just doesn't like, like TV. I don't have a TV. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like it's at mommyblog.com. Like, because if that was true, tell me how TV is so different from like live theater, which I guarantee you that person like will loves. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, it's also fascinating because like there hasn't always been this perception of like sitting down with a novel being this like wholesome thing to do and like you're much smarter if you read like that's actually relatively new yeah didn't like lincoln's dad hate that he was oh a, a lot reader? of people that was a thing yeah. in like the 1800s when novels started to become more pervasive uh obviously yeah, only in the upper trash. class total trash and also they were afraid that it was like causing women to spiral like they were literally like oh my god we're giving them information and now they're starting to know things and it was like the next thing you know they're all going to be just like eloping left and right and women will be ruined <laughs> and, <laughs> and do and you what agree did happen yeah <laughs> and that they cried wolf and the wolf was there <laughs> So that was funny. And then the other thing was that like novels were not like actually pervasive to the masses until like the 40s and 50s. And at that time, even when it started to become more accessible, people were like freaking out because they didn't have control over what their kids were learning. I mean, that's where you get the whole like Harry Potter's witchcraft <laughs> and like we should keep it out of our children's hands. I mean, a lot of it's, it's not great that I am on their side. No, no. I, in <laughs> fact, I only wanted to bring this up because you're in such poor company. <laughs> like, I think we should burn novels. Novels. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I thought you said we could keep them. I guess. Uh, all right. We can keep them. But if there was like a big book burning, <laughs> as long as it was all novels. If it was all fiction, you agree that we I'd go can... throw Don Winslow's book right in there off my shelf. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> That's completely insane. But you're only against fiction novels. We've gotten into this a little bit. You're not anti-storytelling or fiction, as told by the fact that you like short form. You also Mm -hmm. are obsessed with Twitter. Yeah, I like Twitter. (laughs) The fact that the argument would be that Twitter is better than novels. Yeah, that is another hill I would die on is that Twitter is good. (laughs) Uh, Twitter is better than novels. Oh, my God. Twitter is better. Is that the way? Yeah. Was it Jen Statsky who had a great... No, it wasn't. Oh, are you talking about the tweet that was like the dumbest people are on tw- on Twitter? Like, me thinks that thou hast uh, cast a an ad hominem against me, and the smartest people are like my my dog is a chunky boy. <laughs> That's a really good one. But this one was like, why are we still on Twitter when worst case scenario this thing ruins our lives, and best case scenarios we make a list of like funniest tweets on like some See, bad that's website. The, that's the attitude. And it was like Jen Statsky. It was not who was it? I want to properly attribute. But I it. think that. Oh, Jess Dweck. You are largely curating your own experience on Twitter. And it's if your feed is bad, you've created a bad feed for yourself. And that's kind of on you. There is a whole other thing of like. Right. But that's. That being said, I am a I am a white man and no one ever says anything. You've never been assaulted on Twitter. Twitter. (laughs) Having gone through said traumas of being (laughs) assaulted on Twitter. Not fun. Would argue Twitter. Not great. Yeah, I've had minor dust ups, but no one really uh, polices my tone or behavior on Twitter. And it's. For me personally, in my privileged body. place and in body, your privileged place with Twitter your, is wonderful. With your war veteran in your closet. He did not fight in the war. Oh, excuse me. That's, that's so right. Prisoner of war. Prisoner of war in your closet. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, sir. Thank you for your... Get back in... 
Amazing. Okay, so you think Twitter is better than novels. That's a real hot take. What do you think that we should do aside from burning fiction? Do you think it's okay that the rest of us read novels and that they're just not for you? Or are you truly on this crusade to take down fiction? No, writing? I don't. I think it's fine that people are reading novels. Okay. I just don't want the judgment of novel readers that are upset that I don't read novels or think that novels are so much better than TV or movies. Look, I will agree with you that there's definitely a sense of superiority when it comes to novel, both reading and writing. Mm -hmm. I definitely think I was susceptible to that in the beginning. I was like, oh man, well, if I'm like a real writer, then I have to write novels. And I don't think that's the case in the slightest. I think it's a totally different form. It takes longer. And, you know, I think it's in the same way that a lot of people think that drama, like they take drama more seriously than comedy. Sure. And so it's neglecting the fact that comedy is like an incredibly hard thing for a lot of people to do but now dramas can win comedy awards isn't that exciting (laughs) so super exciting that seems to be happening a lot did you see that snl sketch no there was a great one from like a few years ago and it was like best comedy goes to like crying everett (laughs) and like all of them were like sad cloud yeah it was all like just devastating yeah so you don't like that presumably i don't like that yeah i do only watch tv drama and watch no TV comedy at all, despite really? the fact that that is, why is that? what I do for a living. I don't know why that is. Do you feel like you watch comedies through a different lens? Like as either like, I wish I had written that. I could do it better. Yeah, a little bit. So it's like a it more judgmental work. watching yeah. comedy than drama. Totally. There's no comedies right now that you're like, you can just watch for joy. I think you should leave. Oh, it's so good. It's so great. Yeah. Although I, of course, then was like, oh, I want to make that. Yeah. I wish I would have made that in its entirety. Yes. Exactly as is. Yes. It's and like now I was done making it and that's what yes, I made. Yes. So it's like the plot to what's the what's the Beatles movie oh, that's the, coming out yesterday. Um, yes. Only I created. <laughs> I think you should leave. Yes. I want to. Oh, that's such a. Should I write that movie that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The yesterday, and but it's a, just Tim. But I think you should leave. Like, no, it was me, and everyone's like, "Yeah, you know, no, we believe they, you." They don't want the guy who doesn't want the steering wheel to fly off, and people are like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, they're like, "You're completely insane." And then I create it and make literally hundreds of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> no one watches it. No one buys it. Like five thousand people, all within like three degrees of separation from me, really love it. Yeah, you get calls from your mom being like, "No, why can't you make nice things?" Yeah, my mom. My mom will never see. I think you should leave. <laughs> Yeah, same. That's hilarious. Okay, so back to your hill. I do think that you are correct that it is frustrating that novels are put on this pedestal. Mm -hmm. But I think if it wasn't considered prestigious or like better than, then I think you might actually like give yourself more credit to reading them no i would still not want to read them but i would be less upset that other people read them yeah or talk about them Mm -hmm. yeah how are you about people who are like did you read the book when something comes out i don't mind that i'm only ever interested in reading something that i saw a version of oh no way and you want to you want to read the book after you saw the version yeah but then i don't want to read the whole thing i want to do a little bit of the audio book and then be like i didn't like the narrator so bad <laughs> did you read like big little lies no no okay i'm trying to think what else recently came out that was based on a book that might have been the last novel i read was in 2007 jesus uh, no yeah i read a really upsetting statistic when i was looking this up and it said that i think it was something like 27 percent of graduates after college will never read a book again <laughs> and i was like, like any book any book not just fiction and i was like 
America. Is that because like so much you can get so much information not in book form? I, I do think a lot of it has changed. There was a nice article about like data skewing and how a lot of people who reported reading books, first of all, usually inflate to sound smarter and make it sound like sure. they've read more books than they have. And also they no longer consider things like reading news online or audiobooks to be reading, mm-hmm. which to a degree, you know, audiobooks I don't necessarily think is the same consumption as reading a novel because you're not doing the work. But also that's a weird puritanical I think that too, but it's not fair. Well it's so like here's the thing. if you found a better way of inputting this information in your brain, it doesn't count because you weren't a it's little not, miserable while doing it's it. It's not a better way. It's an easier way. So it's easier. It makes the information so easier re- to that's retain. It's so weirdly religious. It's like if Is you it? didn't suffer a little bit doing it, it's not it's as not valuable. The suffering. It's everything that I just told you. It's the whole idea that reading very literally, like on a psychological, physical level, helps with your brain connectivity, increases your memory. But that's a different it's, subject it's to where more relaxing having it count is reading is you are not it's talking poor language it's it's elitist language yes. it's like it doesn't count as reading yeah you're you not you're not saying that in. based on the fact that i didn't activate brainwaves here's the thing you're saying that because i didn't do the hardest version of it and you don't think that i should be able to say i read a book if i listened to it <laughs> and you did the hard work of the less enjoyable act of actually yeah, reading i'm it. an asshole so what <laughs> so are you <laughs> Yes. I I won't disagree. I also think that if you listen to something that's nonfiction, it's fine. Weirdly enough. And I do that. I'm listening to... Because then you're just... Because in my mind, I'm just getting the information in one way or the other. No one's like college lectures aren't valuable because you're not reading no, but that's totally. what an audiobook is that. yeah or and podcasts oftentimes yeah if you're listening to something to learn then like audible you know and there's all these studies about like some people learn differently and some people are more visual learners and some are more audio learners so if you find a way that like allows you to retain information better mm-hmm. do you think yeah i doubt i learn better from listening but it's just so much easier you don't think you learn better from listening the number of podcasts and audiobooks that I've listened to is astronomical. Yes. And what I can retain from that is so small. Yeah, I worry about my memory all the time in that capacity. <laughs> I don't take in anything. Yeah. Like I'm audiobooking a big World War One book. And the only reason I'm able to retain any of it is because I've listened to a podcast about World War One uh-huh. twice all the way through. And now listening to this audiobook is the first time where I'm actually remembering Well, things. what's interesting is it makes sense. I mean, you know, back in high school when we actually had to take history classes, you studied mm-hmm. and you studied history and you had to go back and do flashcards to remember what happened and who it happened to. And like you actually had to learn it. Whereas just like passively understanding the history or even just reading the history one time, you're like, it's just harder to retain. Yeah. So that sucks. I wish it would <laughs> How all do we fix that? be cool if it all just we need st- stickier brains is that, a that thing? yes i think we should all get stickier brains i also think that would be like the best superpower isn't that in some movie where like the guy's superpower was that he could touch a book and retain all the information in it that sounds like a thing yeah that would be a good one i mean there are people who remember everything that's ever happened and it's like a handicap i know yes which is wild to me because they don't have the defense mechanisms of forgetting yeah that sounds dark Yes. Okay, so we want to be able to forget trauma, but remember facts about world wars. Yeah. Yeah, we want to we want to remember historical traumas that were inflicted upon were millions others of people and not us, yeah. and not ourselves. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I mean, in a way, learning history helps prevent it, right, from happening again. Isn't that the whole? I mean, I think we might be actively 
proving that wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're so right. At this current moment in time, yeah. none of that is accurate. And despite what we know, things are cyclical. On that sad note, <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> get back uh, in the closet. <laughs> he gets so mad when I talk about history repeating itself. I know it's yeah. He actually has no idea what's happening in the outside world. You haven't let him outside. He hasn't seen a paper. What do you feed him? Paper. I feed him paper. <laughs> Of fiction novels. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of burning, just feed them to the guys you have in your closets, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. You've done a pretty good job of hitting home why novels are bad. Yeah. Or at, at least why they're not else. good. Are there any other points that you'd like to make? Just to really die. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure you're good and dead. I think I've I've said everything I have to say about novels, and I I hope I have persuaded you, the listener, that novels are bad. I'm saying that I just watched a a documentary about bubbles. I was talking about this at work the other day. Uh And the end of the documentary is the scientist who talks you through it being like, I hope I persuaded you that bubbles are interesting. You're like, why are you ending this like a sixth grade paper? (laughs) Like it was like in summation. Yeah. (laughs) You didn't have to to do this. (laughs) You're like, it was actually super fascinating until he came up. He was promised in his contract. Until you did a formal summary. (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh, by the way, to your point on like children's books being Mm -hmm. acceptable. There was another interesting fact that kids who are exposed to novels learn 50% more words than they do from watching television or even conversing between college graduates which i think is the funniest statistic ever Wait, because what? i don't like, know talk if to this means, college graduate because yes, i don't know if it if it was trying to say that college graduates talking to each other learn less or if children talking to college graduates <laughs> it's the most confusing sentence ever also i still think we should make kids read novels i think it's important to oh good for the same reason that I think they're bad, I think we just have to make kids do stuff that sucks. Yeah. Well, it's thank you for saying that because it's actually like very, very good. Exposure to new vo- vocabulary leads to higher test scores and higher IQs and sometimes higher intelligence later in life. Yeah. And also it's just like stuff has to suck a little bit when you're a kid or else you're so you a bad person. Think, so, so you don't <laughs> think kids should have to read because it'll help them mentally. You think that kids basically need to suffer yeah, in order to be I better. Think, <laughs> I think like as a mini form of torture, kids should have to read novels. So bad, Noah. It's so wild. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I think you did a great job dying on this hill today. Thank you so much for doing this. You're very this. welcome. And with that, I am going to read you a novel. Oh. <laughs> okay, oh my God. Good. It would be way better if <laughs> now. Goodbye, everyone. You just I'm read about me to a go novel. Read Noah a novel. I'm going to read your eulogy. We've gathered here today to say goodbye to Noah Garfinkel, who has died on the hill of novels are bad. He has been survived by the show he writes on Single Parents on ABC and his Twitter presence at Noah Garfinkel with an E-L at the end, not an L-E. We hope Noah rests in peace. And if anyone is looking to house a prisoner of war in their closet, we have got one homeless for you right here. May you rest in peace, Noah. Thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. Hey guys, thank you for listening to today's episode of Hills I'd Die On. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate it on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment letting me know what you like most. You can also reach out to me on Twitter at ByTaylorCox. I am always happy to hear thoughts or feelings or compliments or, of course, any hills you guys might be willing to die on yourselves. Thanks again for listening and hope to see you next week.